G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Sharing the good news isn't just a good idea, it's a divine directive. Today, Pastor Greg Laurie quotes the words of Christ. Jesus says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Let me personalize that. Go into all of your world. I like to call it frangelism. It's an acronym. F, share it with your friends. R, share it with your relatives. A, share it with your associates. N, share it with your neighbors. Everyone is called to do this. This is the day when the lost are found. here at Harvest Ministries and A New Beginning is just two letters, go. In fulfilling the Great Commission, that may be the hardest step. Go. Get up and get started. Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie helps kindle a fire within us, a fire that won't let us remain silent. We'll see that sharing our faith is a joy and a privilege. We're featuring a message that Pastor Greg recently presented at the Bold for Jesus Evangelism Conference in Spokane, Washington. bold for a lot of things today. You know, we're bold for whatever we're excited about. We find a hamburger, we find a movie, and we'll talk to people about it. We'll engage people in conversations about it. Others are bold for politics. Man, when that subject comes up, we fire up. Others are bold for the environment. They drive a Prius too slow. Everyone who drives a Prius drives it too slow. Come on. How many of you own a Prius? Drive, okay, drive faster. Just, that's all I'm asking. Simple request. But all these things people are bold for. Others are bold for sinful lifestyles. But we're here to be bold for Jesus. There's nothing more important than that. How many of you saw the Jesus Revolution movie? Well, you know, people have asked me, was that movie all true? Is that really how it happened? Well, in most movies of that kind, you know, sometimes time is compressed and two people become one person, but the whole arc of the story is true. I'll give you a couple details that are not in the film. So my mother, a beautiful woman, literally a dead ringer for Marilyn Monroe, and she was married and divorced seven times, and she was a raging alcoholic. And one night she went to Long Beach, California, had a one night, stand with some sailor and I was conceived. But because of the way I was raised, because in many ways I had to be the parent in the relationship, my mom would get so drunk every night she would pass out. So I had to take care of her, I had to feed her, I had to help her. And uh, so I grew up really fast. Uh, I was very hard, I was very jaded because every adult I knew was a disappointment at best. 
And uh, so I started searching. And so on my high school campus, there was a group of very outspoken Christians that we call the Jesus Freaks. And I transferred over to this school. It's called Newport Harbor High School in California. And so I came across these Christians meeting on the front lawn, singing their songs about God. And I sat down and I was kind of feeling sorry for them. I thought, why would anybody believe this? This is so ridiculous. Look at the stupid smiles on their face. Look, look at, look. They actually look pretty happy. And so I began to try a new thought on first size. What if it's all true? And what if God can be known? And I immediately dismissed it. There's no way because of my cynicism because of my childhood. But then I tried the thought on first size again. But what if it's true? And then a guy stood up to speak. His name was Lonnie Frisbee, beard, long hair. I thought, whoa, he's like Jesus, you know? <laughs> and I don't remember most of what he said, but I remember one statement when he said, Jesus said, you're either for me or against me. And that was like a lightning bolt from heaven. Boom, it hit me on my heart. And that was the day I believed in Jesus. Sorry, it didn't happen right before my baptism. That was one of the things changed for the film. But it actually happened on my high school campus and I began to go to church and I began to hear the Word of God taught and I began to grow spiritually. And the pastor, Pastor Chuck Smith, played by Kelsey Grammer in the film, said that we should go out and share our faith. So I'm two weeks old in the Lord. I've got a copy of a little booklet called The Four Spiritual Laws. It was put up by Campus Crusade for Christ. I hadn't even memorized the contents of it yet but I thought I should engage someone. So I saw this older woman about the age of my mom sitting on the beach and I thought I'll walk up to her. So I'm a 17 year old kid. I've got my hair hanging in my eyes. Use your imagination. And, uh, <laughs> and my voice was shaking. You know how when you get nervous and your voice starts shaking? Hi, uh, can I talk to you for a second about God and stuff? She says, sure. I sat down and I just started to read it. The Four Spiritual Laws, copyright 1958, Campus Crusade. <laughs> Law one, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. And I'm reading through it. And I couldn't wait to be done because I thought this is not going well. I, I don't even know what I'm doing. Why am I even doing this? I would look up at her periodically. She's just looking at me. I'm almost to the end of the little booklet. And there's a question in the booklet, which is, is there any good reason why you should not accept Jesus Christ right now? I realized, oh, that's a question. So I looked up. It, she said, no, no. Um, wait, does that mean you want to accept Jesus Christ right now? She said, yes. I had not planned for success. <laughs> so I said in the most reverent tone I could muster, let's bow our head for a word of prayer. And <laughs> she closes her eyes. I'm frantically flipping through this booklet. What do I do now? And I found this simple prayer to lead a person in. And I led her in this prayer and she opened her eyes and she said, something just happened to me. And I said, wow, something just happened to me too. <laughs> I got a taste of being used by God. And so I've been preaching the gospel now for, well, 52 years, but uh, it's my joy, it's my passion. And I wanna share some things I've learned about evangelism. And, uh, and I want to show you how to do evangelism Jesus style, the way the Lord himself did it. But first, let me identify the who, where, why, when, 
and how of evangelism. Let's start with the who. Who is called to share the gospel? Simple answer, everyone. There's no exception. Jesus said in Matthew 28, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and lo, I am with you even to the end of the age. So who is called to do it? Everyone. In the original language, the implication is it's a command. That's why we call it the Great Commission, not the Great Suggestion. All of us are called to do it. Pastor Greg Laurie pointing out we're all called to share the hope of Christ with people around us. Today we're hearing a special message that he recently presented at an evangelism conference in the U.S. He continues now. Where are we called to do it? Answer, everywhere, everywhere. In uh, Mark 16, we have another variation of the Great Commission where Jesus says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Let me personalize that. Go into all of your world. I know the world's a big place, so let's just talk about your world, your sphere of influence, your family, your neighborhood, your friends. I like to call it frangelism. Frangelism. You say, what does that mean? Only share the gospel with people named Fran? <laughs> Frangelism, it's an acronym. F, share it with your friends. R, share it with your relatives. A, share it with your associates. N, share it with your neighbors. Everyone is called to do this. Number three, why should we do this? Why do it? Because God's primary way of reaching people is through people. And Romans 10, 14 says, how will they hear unless someone tells them? First Corinthians 1, 21 says, since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God. Listen, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. So it's the verbal articulation of the gospel. Number four, when are we to share the gospel? Answer, all the time. Always be open to the leading of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, be instant in season and out of season, or as another translation puts it, be on duty at all times. So one day, I was in the department store and I had to go to the restroom. Yes, preachers use restrooms too. <laughs> and I walked in and try not to visualize this, I, I took a seat, okay? So I'm in the stall and uh, <clears throat> I hear there's someone in the stall next to me. And I hear them clear their throat. <clears> throat. Okay, someone's next to me. And then I hear this. Hi. <laughs> First of all, men don't like to talk to men in restrooms, okay? We don't care what's going on with you girls when you say, I'm going to the restroom. Who wants to go with me? If a guy sees another guy in the restroom, I'll say, hey, what's up? Let's get out of here, right? So I don't talk to people in restrooms. Hi, he says. So in the most aggressive way I could respond, I said, hi. Like, don't talk to me. Moment passes, he says, are you supposed to meet me here? I said, no. He said, oh. I thought, what is going on with this guy? I said, what, what do you mean? I'm thinking, what am I doing? I don't want to talk to this guy. What, who are you supposed to meet here? What's going on? He says, oh, I was going to do a drug buy. Oh. I said, I used to do drugs. Really? Oh yeah. But I found something much better. 
He said, what? I said, a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Then I thought, wait, I can't share the gospel in a bathroom. The Holy Spirit won't even come in this place. It's just. <laughs> and this is what the guy says, I tried that. Oh really? Yes, I tried that. I said, well, did you ever go to church? He said, yes, I did. I said, where did you go to church? He said, a church called Harvest Christian Fellowship. <laughs> I said, do you know who I am? He said, no. He said, I'm Greg Laurie, the pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship. <laughs> Moment of silence passes and he says, oh my God. I said, buddy, God must really love you to send your pastor to you when you're trying to make a drug buy, okay? <laughs> so you need to get right with God and I'm, gonna, I'm done with this bathroom evangelism. I'll wait for you outside. So I stood outside. He was easy to spot. He was the guilty looking guy. <laughs> so we prayed and I was able to lead him in a recommitment to Christ, all right? So when the Bible says, be on duty at all times, it takes on a whole new meaning. <laughs> so how are we to share the gospel? How? That's where Jesus comes in because not only is Jesus Christ God incarnate, not only is Jesus Christ our Savior, but Jesus Christ was the master communicator. He shows us how to do it. And I think a thing I would begin with is when you're engaging someone with the gospel, the objective is to build a bridge, not burn the bridge. And far too often we stop the conversation before it even begins. So engage a person. Check this out. Everyone's favorite subject is themselves. People love to talk about themselves. So ask a person, tell me about yourself. Where are you from? Oh, what do you do? Oh, just ask them questions. Oh, they're so happy to talk about themselves. So you begin to build a bridge. You begin to engage them. See, here's the problem is we put people off so quickly, starting with Christianese. Do you know what Christianese is? It's our own cryptic language that only we understand. So we see a non-believer and we say, hey you, Philistine, come here. I have a question for you. Have you been washed in the blood? Have you been redeemed? Have you repented? Have you been justified? And are you part of the body of Christ? You're freaking this person out. You just ask them if they've been washed in blood and are part of some body. I mean, here's my point. I'm not suggesting you don't use biblical terminology, but what I am suggesting is that you not assume your listener knows what you're saying. You have to speak their language. You need to engage them in a way that they understand. And here before us in John chapter four is a perfect illustration of that. We have Jesus engaging a lady. We don't know her name, but we call her the woman at the well. She was married and divorced five times and was living with a man. But here is a woman who obviously was trying to fill a void in her life with a man. Oh, if I meet the right man, I will find fulfillment. And Jesus uses as a metaphor, telling her if she drinks of this water, she'll thirst again. So let's read it, John 4, verse 3. Jesus left Judea, departed again to Galilee, but he needed to go through Samaria. You might want to underline that phrase in your Bible. He needed to go. 
So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, weary from his journey, sat by the well. It was about the sixth hour. That's 12 o'clock noon. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said, give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said, how is it that you being a Jew would ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her and said, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. We'll stop there. And so if you want to share the gospel Jesus style, sharing starts with caring. People can tell when you care. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Let me say that again. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. He needed to go through Samaria. Fact of the matter is Jesus didn't have to pass through Samaria at all. It was way out of his way. But in another way, he had to go because he had an appointment with this woman that was set in the councils of eternity. Uh, and she didn't know that an appointment was waiting for her to meet God, but indeed it was there. Normally the Jews and the Samaritans had nothing to do with each other. There was this huge barrier between them. They didn't communicate. And she even brings that up to Jesus. Why are you even talking to me? Don't you know we don't talk to each other? We have nothing to do with each other. But Jesus left his comfort zone and went to someone with the gospel. And we need to do the same. Don't miss those divine appointments. Well, I'm not comfortable. Well, I don't really like them. I don't really want to talk to them. It's not about you. It's about a lost soul that's loved by the Lord. Pastor Greg Laurie with important encouragement about sharing the gospel with others, even when it's outside our comfort zone. And there's more to come from this message next time here on A New Beginning. Do you know how to share the gospel? Do you know what the gospel is? And have you ever responded to the gospel yourself? And do you have a personal relationship with the Lord? Well, Pastor Greg has some good encouragement for you if you'd like to enter into that kind of relationship with God. And it's so simple. And I think because it's so simple, people think, oh, it can't be that easy. Well, look, Jesus did all the heavy lifting. He carried the cross for you. He died on that cross that he carried. This isn't about what you do. It's about what he's done. But here's what the Bible says. Whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. You say, well, okay, how do I do that? You do it through prayer. And if you pray this prayer after me, I believe God will hear it and answer it, and Christ will come to live inside of you. So if you want Jesus to come into your life and forgive you of your sin, if you want to know that you'll go to heaven when you die, if you want to fill that big hole in your heart, pray these words if you would. Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner, but I know that you're the Savior who died on the cross for my sin. I am sorry for my sin, and I turn from it now. And I choose to follow you from this moment forward. Be my Savior and my Lord. Be my God and my friend. Thanks for hearing this prayer and answering this prayer. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
Listen, if you just prayed that prayer, congratulations and welcome to the family of God. And if you've prayed those words with Pastor Greg and you've meant them sincerely, the Bible assures us that your sins have been forgiven. We're told in the Bible that the Lord is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we want to send something your way that will help you grow in your new relationship with the Lord. Let us send you Pastor Greg's New Believers Growth Pack. Just ask for it when you call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. And the team would love to pray with you too. Call 1-800-772-936 today. Next time, more insight from Pastor Greg's message called Evangelism Jesus Style. Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called Evangelism Jesus Style. If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast, along with more inspiring Christian content. Just search your app store for Vision Christian Media. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 